No, it was, it was fine, Jared. Any of your uh, flub ups? Uh, I, I won't show you the the hateful emails we get about you, and I'll, I'll edit all that stuff I out. There's You'll gonna be another supportive it. comment there, but thank. You. <laughs> <laughs> that was supportive. I don't That's tell you all the me. terrible things people say about you. <laughs> <laughs> we don't That's get true for emails. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> we actually do, but we don't get. Uh, we don't get any like negative ones, which um, I guess is good, but also it, it's less funny. It's less material for the show because I, I have wanted to read off like someone who like just completely hates our guts, but like keeps listening. Like I think that's the type of fan I want. I'm just I'm really <laughs> waiting for you to get better. Just suck <laughs> like every week, every week, over and over. I'm here to listen to whatever you have to say. I'm going to kill you, Father. Certainly a startling opening line. I was raped by a priest when I was seven years old. I had to make a formal complaint. What good would it do if the man's dead? Things you hear in confessions these days. The mess people make of their lives. You're a very nice-looking young woman. This is my daughter, Fiona. But you're a priest. I was married before I became a priest. You can do that, can you? It would appear so. There's no point in killing a bad priest, but killing a good one. That'd be a shock. Could have a word. Hope we don't get locked in here. We'll have to make love to keep warm. We have to ask ourselves, what does this man want? He wants to be loved. He wants to be admired. What do you see when you look at me? You see a sophisticated, eminent man in the prime of his life. He wants to be feared. Is this a police matter? No, it's a personal thing. What did you say you wanted a firefighter? I didn't say. Your church is on fire. It takes a lot of nerve to burn down a church. Unless there's a personal angle, nobody will have a grudge against your father, no? I'm going to kill you because you're innocent. Not right now, though. I'll give you enough time to put your house in order. The time is gone, you don't even realise it. My time will never be gone. I have had murderous feelings, I have to admit. Referring to the commandment, thou shalt not kill. What about self-defense? It's a tricky one, all right. Run along now, Father. Your sermon is finished. He needs taking down a pig or two. That's what he needs. Take me down, then. I'm Jared Dodson. And I'm Michael Deniston. I'm Phoebe Durant. Calvary is a 2014 Irish black comedy slash drama directed by John Michael McDonough. Hold on. I had no idea you were actually going to like do the actual like summary. I thought you were just going to do like a line. Like, I wanted to hit the whole time. I'm just going to do two sentences and then go back to regular voice. Okay. All right. I was just going to stop you before you were talking for like a half an hour in that no. voice. I'd be down for it. You want me to retake that one or... <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I'll. I'm gonna. You know what? I'm just gonna mute my mic. Yeah, stop cackling, if, please. I can't. <laughs> Calvary is a 2014 Irish black comedy slash drama directed by John Michael McDonough. The film stars Brendan Gleeson, Chris O'Dowd, Kelly Royley, Aidan Gillen, and Dylan Moran. And now it's back to Hillbilly Hick voice. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. Oh. No, that wasn't that I wasn't terrible. Was I, I will say that. I, I'm what kind of, 
<laughs> I I could not do an entire podcast. No, two sentences before uh, you would die of laughter. We had to uh, mute your mic, of course. Uh, in the film, we follow priest James Lavelle through a week in his life, uh, but this particular week could be his last on Earth because the movie opens on a confession made to him by one of his parishioners in his small town. This uh, person making the confession claims he was sexually abused by a Catholic priest for many years during the formative years of his life, and now he plans on taking revenge on the church. But because his abuser is dead, the victim plans to kill Father Lavelle in a week's time, which would be the following Sunday on the beach. He claims that killing a good man such as Father Lavelle would hurt the church much more than killing a child abuser would. And that's where I'm going to diverge from the plot because I've given you enough to know the framework of the film. And that's essentially what drives it from point A to point B. But in my opinion, you really kind of get lost in the film um, and almost kind of forget that this happened. At, well, at least I did for uh, portions of the film at the, you know, as it goes along. Because the bulk of the film and the uh, the most entertaining part, I feel is him inter- uh, interacting with his flock that he has had the uh, poor luck to be assigned to. Yes, you, you have that very sort of stunning opening scene and the, the dialogue in this sort of like terrible um, confession and backstory that's happened to this man and then his intention <laughs> to murder mm-hmm. a good priest. Um, so it is startling, but you're right. It is more about you know the church and the influence or influence or maybe lack of influence that it has on the, the locals there. And, uh, I, I think that it, it actually, actually succeeds instead of feeling like every character is just another red, red herring to, you know, say like, is that the person, is that the, is that the, the, the suspected murderer here that's going to, going to come back in the end? You, you start to become invested into each individual, uh, character and their, their troubles and the ability of this priest to reach them or not. So I won't I won't say that I totally forgot about what was coming, um, but I did become invested in the small subplots. Um, what did you think, JD? Yeah, I think for me it was always there in the back of my mind, and I think the big reason for that is because throughout the film I always thought it was also with Father James in the back of his mind, and I think there's several different sequences throughout the film that kind of always brings it back, and I just kind of got the sense that whether he was dealing with his daughter or whether he was seeing something happen to the church or, or different things like that, that it was always there. Like it was always something that would provoke an emotion out of him. I think it's also part of why when we get towards the third act of the film, he gets a little bit more emotional. I think we see some uh, more raw emotions out of him because he knows that at the end of the week, there's something that's going to be, pretty big that he's going to have to deal with. And I agree with you that there's a lot of subplots there that I think are well handled. I I love the direction of all of that, but I was never lost in the main narrative that at the end of the week, there was going to be this big thing that he was going to have to deal with. And it gets more intense uh, towards the, the, I'd say in the last 10 minutes or so, uh, but for me, it was always there. For, it was always the driving force, I feel like, for almost every action that he makes, uh, every decision that he makes. And like I said, a lot of the emotion that is pulled out of him, too, I think I think it's a big driving force for him. At least that's how I felt throughout the film. I think uh, one of the best compliments that I can give it is the fact that I did sort of uh, ease my mind. And uh, since we've been doing this, 
there's been a lot of uh, conscious critiquing that you do during the film. And um, I, I felt that I didn't do a whole lot of that during the film. Like I, I had to go back and sort of um, reread the, uh, the, the plot summary, the synopsis, just to make sure I remembered it the right way because I'd get stuck like thinking about a particular instance that he would have with somebody uh, d- during his week. Was there one particular uh, character or someone, uh, a subplot or uh, sort of a diversion during the, the course of this man's week that you found uh, more interesting? <laughs> I thought his interactions with, um, I can't remember the actor's name. I know I've just said it, but I don't remember which particular one. The one that's on Game of Thrones. The doc, the doctor. Yeah, uh, the, the atheist doctor. Yeah. I found his to be the most interesting because he was – he was somebody that was in a position to see, you know, life and death every day, but he took it so like nonchalantly and, um, uh, the, the least serious probably of anybody in, in that, um, particular film is, I thought it was a really good contrast between the two because you've got, sure. you know, the father that's dealing with this, you know, right in his plate every day, as well as the doctor, not exactly the same, but, they both deal with life and death. It seems like on a daily basis. And one is, you know, a devout priest and the other one's kind of, you know, a wise cracking doctor who really, you know, like putting cigarettes out on body parts that he's exhumed from bodies. So I think that one was probably my most interesting, like interaction between the two, as far as the, uh, secondary characters. And at times the doctor comes off, you know, more sociopathic than even a sociopath that he becomes <laughs> involved with. There is an actual murderer, in the film and that, you know, the murderer comes off uh, somewhat more human than the, the doctor who's like so removed from uh, people and like maybe his own humanity because of what he has seen. And he has, he has a particularly dark uh, story that he seems to come up and tell the priest just to like goad him sure. to like, like basically say like, look how dark the world is. Like, look sure. at like, this is one more terrible thing that can happen. And I see it all the time. And I just have to go about my business. So, yeah, I found that character interesting. Um, I, th- I think the big difference, though, between the doctor character and I guess what we'll say is the murder character is that the doctor character is seeing all of the destruction from a third person perspective or from a, from a from a, a different perspective, I guess, because the murder, when we get into why he's doing it and the repercussions of it, it's very personal to him. The stuff happening to the doctor character is is very detached. So that's a lot of his emotions, and that's a lot of the way that he goes about dealing with that destruction. Where it's very much the opposite for the other thing for the other character, and I think that's the big difference that I found between the two. Uh, it's almost it, with the murder character, you're almost kind of sympathetic to him in some ways because it's a very serious matter, and what happens to him is is not okay. And of course, there's ironies there that play into the maybe not irony. I think it, it very much parallels Brendan Gleeson's character in a lot of ways because obviously he's a priest, and there's a lot of Christ comparisons to this character, which was one of the bigger things I took away from the film is basically having to take the fall for someone else and how that plays with a lot of the other characters that he interacts with throughout the rest of the film is kind of similar to the way that you would read the story of Christ in the Bible. So that to me was just really fascinating. It wasn't just the doctor character, but just really any interaction he had with people uh, was very similar. I thought it was fascinating. It was, it was kind of like the story of, 
of ultimately it was, it was a bunch of stories of simple people and his interactions with them. And then ultimately it kind of turns on him. I loved Did it. Did you think that he was as the sort of like local, the town uh, priest was, um, what did you think about his inability to reach all of these various characters? Because he's sort of rebuffed at every turn. Um, and it's only until we get closer to the end that you start to see some um, recognition, I guess, of, of him uh, and what he's attempting to do in this town and how he's attempting to reach his constituents. Uh, but for the most part, you have these characters like if not openly insulting him to his face, they are like toying with him. Yeah. Uh, they're not completely serious about um, from a spiritual level, what he's trying to do. And there's a, a great distrust of just the church in general. Um, and I, the character I'm thinking of specifically is the, the sort of the, the rich man who comes back. Yeah. Who's made his money sure. like uh, the banker and goads him by showing him all of his like vast wealth and how meaningless it all is. And there's a scene in particular where he talks about this painting that he loves. And then, (laughs) and so I'm watching it and I'm thinking like, okay, this is like for the first time in this film. Okay. This means something to me. And then he immediately takes it off the wall and is like, no, I'm going to show you that (laughs) even with this, even this painting, I just told you I love, I don't really love it because now I'm going to urinate all over it. (laughs) Another elaborate ploy to get under your skin. (laughs) He wasn't completely sober though in his defense. I think he was probably uh, heavily heavily medicated, yeah. but then that you have uh, yeah. you do have and JD, yeah. you brought up a good point that with the the murderer, the serial killer character, he's the one that's almost the most naive and childlike. Like because he, he says when he gets like when he gets to heaven, he'll actually be a good person. Like like he he has this idea in his head on earth like is not who he should be, but he can't really stop himself. And so when he when he is absolved of his sins, if the priest can just give him that, um, he'll be better in the afterlife. And I, I thought that was strange that the serial killer is the one that is reaching out to him the most. And, you know, the priest really can't, he really can't give him that. Like, because that, that presents the human aspect of uh, the... <laughs> the character that yeah. Brendan Gleeson, the way, and especially the way he plays it, he is so human because he does, you know, he does, uh, get into a bar fight himself. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> and, um, I mean, it's just a really interesting character who has had a troubled past. I think that plays into the, the distrust of the Catholic church because that seems to get thrown back in his face too. Yeah. The, they, they seem to, to call him a hypocrite at various times, but he is actually a very good man and, you know, very trying times trying to do, do good by the church and good by his people. But, uh, he is <laughs> at, at every turn. He is. Uh, he is. He finds them very difficult to that say the added least. To the frustration, I think, in uh, uh, viewing these characters rebuff him because in my head I'm like, you know, he's he was one of you. He was, you know, a reformed person. He should be more relatable to all of you to look like, you know, you can be virtuous or whatever. And it was just, well, I'm glad they didn't for the sake of the comedy of the film. But yeah, he's he's a character that. I just I loved watching it for I can't remember like an hour and a half hour and forty five minutes like and they do follow him like every scene is with him I do believe in the film like there's not a scene without him that I can think of yeah and I I just think um, before we wrap up this uh, mini review that uh, major respect to uh, Mr. Gleason because he hits a lot of uh, highs and lows in this film and there's a excellent range of emotions that he hits going from uh, point A to point B. Oh yeah. I mean, if you watch 
uh, John Michael McDowell and Brendan Gleason before. I mean, it's not a surprise to me. They work really well together, especially with this type of comedy. Uh, yeah, for me, it's it's definitely there. While it does explore some arduous themes, like there's some really good parts in it. I, I would agree. I really like the scene in particular with the young man who is going to join the army because he's got nothing better to do. <laughs> yeah. And he's really kind of admitting that he's toyed with the idea of killing someone. And that's like the best sure. business for him to go in. Like he says, that's yeah. <laughs> like basically like having an engineering degree is having the propensity for, for violence and death. Um, and I thought that scene, you know, yet again, we're talking about something very dark and bleak and that, that is played yeah. for laughs. So. Yeah. And Brendan Gleeson's character's reaction to it is funny because he more or less is like, you're an idiot. Like that, that's a stupid <laughs> thing to say. Like that's more or less how he responds, which is great. His, uh, his response in the, uh, <laughs> in the tavern is the one that I had to, uh, I had to stop for a second and like wipe my eyes. Like, why would you tell me that? Like that, <laughs> I don't know for some reason that like that had me cackling. Like him almost like jumping out of the, out of the, uh, table to come after him as we've talked about he's put up with quite a bit and he's you know he's got someone who's threatened to kill him by the end of the week so uh i'm having a bad very trying times the the snowball is getting bigger through the week and i'm tired of dealing with you people i think yeah uh in the end i would say I, i really enjoyed this film it's it's really um which is unfortunate for our show because we're probably getting ready to admit we're we're gonna steer our our listeners wrong here i was just gonna say i think as far as you know, quote unquote, religious themed movies go, I feel like this is a lot more accessible than a lot of other ones because while it does explore this idea of faith, it's more about the exploration of doubt within that and just what it means to showcase raw emotions in the middle of it. I mean, Father James is anything but Christ-like throughout the entire film, although it's funny because he does parallel a lot of those storylines, as I mentioned, but there are scenes, and I think one of you guys uh, mentioned it uh, earlier in our discussion that, I mean, there's a scene in the bar where he just goes crazy on a bunch of people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's him in his rawest moments, and he's anything but priest-like, you know, at that time, you know, which is great because I think it's it's about what it means to be a human within this system and some of the raw repercussions that come from people's uh, reactions and there's some really serious ramifications that come from that and it's really more about that than the actual god and holy aspects of religion i think it's very much less about that and about relationships in the middle of it and to me the exploration of that was absolutely riveting i loved it and it's much easier to do that i think when you have much more finer uh, brush strokes on what it is to be like an actual real life you know, in those terms, sinner and uh, pious and whatever, because these are like actual um, real life versions of what people do to, you know, backslide or sin from the church or whatever, have, what yeah. have you. But yeah, it's it's not like extreme versions of sinning and like, you know, the pious and that whatever. Everybody has their faults and everybody has their virtues. And yeah. I just thought it was a great character study on like everybody in the film. Like instead of it just being, yeah. which it yeah. is the main character character study, but everybody's got, you know, like little nuances and little, uh, you know, idiosyncrasies about them. That's like really like every character is interesting in my opinion in this movie. I would agree. Yeah. And the acting is superb. It's great Yeah, on everybody's, everybody's yeah. part really. Mm-hmm. And it's also beautifully shot. I think the cinematography is really great. There's a lot of shots of them just, 
near the ocean and kind of showcasing the mountains. And I don't know if this is something you guys notice or not, but the score is gorgeous. I, I listened to it today and I, I shouldn't have listened to it at work. I was nearly in tears the entire time. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful score and it's injected in the film just flawlessly. It's fantastic work. It's really subtle work. It's, it doesn't like yeah. ever like overpower the film at any point, yeah. like trying to like trigger an emotion, but like still at the same time, like it, it's really good. Like on every, yeah. like, I can't recommend this money or money. I can't recommend this movie enough. This is one of my uh, favorite ones this year. JD, I was going to say, you you really prepared for this podcast because you you listen to score. You're putting yourself in a very like uh, troubled emotional state. I know. know. Don't, don't get emotional for us. Jesus, please. We're not worth it. (laughs) Yeah. We're, we're like one of the assholes that uh, father James has to deal with. We're one of the, you know, (laughs) I don't think we've ever pissed on a very expensive painting, but you know we're still we're still one, so. we're still young. Yeah. So I have to own it first before I have the opportunity <laughs> to do that. <laughs> All right, so that was Ireland's finest Catholic priest, Brandon Gleason, ladies and gentlemen. So after we uh, pass out the crackers and grape juice, it's a weeknight. I want to reintroduce our guest for the evening. He's another fellow podcaster and uh, also another one of our great supportive Twitter friends who, you know, favorites and retweets our juvenile humor and weird daily thoughts about men's hair. So without further ado, the one and the only J.D. Duran. Very nice of you to come onto the show with us to uh, talk about the ever exciting topic of Catholic priests this evening. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, actually, <laughs> it's kind of funny because I watched this Calvary I watched earlier and I loved it. And so when you guys brought me on or when I was told that this is a film that we can do, I jumped at the chance. I I was glad to be able to jump on the show with you guys. Yeah, I think I, I gave you a few options and this was the one you picked, which I was I was happy to hear because uh, I thought for sure this was one that people were going to just gloss over. And you were really enthusiastic to come <laughs> yeah, on and talk about this film. Super excited. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I really like this film quite a bit. Well, we will do our uh, very best to make this as unlike a Catholic Mass as humanly possible. <laughs> but um, as always, when we have a guest that is willing to sit down and tape with us, you know, we want to devote a section of the podcast entirely to them. You know, make them the future presentation as an additional thank you for being with us. So, JD, Mister Duran, whichever you prefer, Jeez. would you care? <laughs> would, would you care to tell us about your uh, podcast, uh, In Session Film? Yeah, like you said, the name of the podcast is In Session Film Podcast, and it's something we started in early 2013-ish is when we got going. Uh, And it started up with me and my best friend, and we at first we were still trying to kind of find our feet for a little bit, but I've gotten to meet a lot of really cool people that I would have never met before, and not just like, well, meeting you guys here locally is pretty awesome, because I don't have like a ton of movie friends like that watch movies the way that you guys do with me. Uh, that's a rarity. I mean, I have my wife, but she kind of can't stand some of the films that we talk about. <laughs> you know, she just goes just to be with me most of the time. <laughs> Uh, but it's great to, to have someone here locally, but I, you know, I've been able to meet a lot of great people from around the country, which has been fantastic. And even around the world, we've had people from England on our show before and, and Ireland and a few other places as well. And I've even gotten to meet some of these people in person, which is pretty amazing that 
you know, I've created all these awesome online friends and I went down to Florida a few months ago and I got to meet another podcast, uh, two guys from another podcast. And it was like, I already knew them, even though I've never met them before in person in my life. And that was really neat. That was one of the coolest things I think I've done since, since starting this is just being able to uh, interact with a bunch of people that are passionate about what I'm passionate about. And even though we don't agree all the time, uh, it's what makes it fun. So it's been great to be able to, to experience that. It's been hugely satisfying. Mike's trying to get our guys from Japan on. I don't know if he's really, uh, translated or not but (laughs) (laughs) we we had a a handful of subscribers from like day one in japan apparently and and they won't write to us i mention them all the time on the show like who are you (laughs) like please please talk to me (laughs) and also we're barred from michigan so yeah i've why thanks mike well uh i've said some uh some bad things about michigan because (laughs) they were they were the lone like uh holdout in the the u.s um, as far as we, we could not break through on Michigan as far as getting a download from but, the, the you know, stats are, I can help I, you with that. I'm from <laughs> yeah, Michigan. So. Yeah. Well, that's, I, I'm now I've hat in hand. I, I went on a rant <laughs> on, on one of the shows. He's willing and, to sell out. Don't worry. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. That's, uh, yeah, all my rage is actually just uh, being uh, – I'm just very Our sad attention. and troubled. Yeah, I, I really – I want Michigan's love, and uh, <laughs> they're rejecting me. Um, but before we could even edit that show and upload it, like the very next day, we had two like new downloader subscribers from Michigan. So I felt <laughs> I felt like they, they somehow heard my calls, my cries, before we even uploaded the episode. So I, I really appreciate those uh, two listeners in Michigan. I'm so sorry for uh, having any sort of ill thoughts towards your great state. <laughs> yeah, I, I can I can get you more listeners. Don't worry about it. I hope you guys up. Uh, we we <laughs> will we definitely will panhandle for any listeners, no matter where you come from. Panhandle for any listeners, <laughs> whatever you want to listen to. The movies we don't even want to watch. <laughs> sucked myself thank you for the support <laughs> i was speaking from a technical point of view but if you want to go for subject matter that's fine as well thank you <laughs>